This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. Bobinaka and welcome to another week of Can You Be More Pacific. My name is Sarah Nangama and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Dean Halatau. Fakalofala here too, everyone, and welcome to the show. It's great to be here once again, Sarah. Great to see your face. We've got plenty to get through. We'll be joined by Sarah Tongatuki and we'll also have a question uh, for you can ask that about first year coaches and, and what that's like. Sarah, what has been happening in your world? Well, a lot has been happening, but the most exciting thing is my club team, Sydney University, have secured their place in the grand final. So we're heading off to our big dance this Saturday, which is hugely, hugely exciting. So the week has been more so focused on getting my body right um, and just trying to get excited for finals footy because it's been a minute since I've been back in clubland and I'm enjoying the experience. And for the first time ever, I'll actually get to play at North Sydney Oval. Who are you playing against? Ace. Ace. Good East, rivalry Eastern East. suburbs. Yeah, you're like not far up the road from each other, right? I hate those people. <laughs> They're the worst people ever. I actually oh, okay. made a bet with one of my friends. She has um, incredible uh, quad muscles. Yeah. She said that if they win, I have to kiss her teardrop. <laughs> and I said, well, if I win, you need to kiss my bicep. Okay. So. You got it covered in the bias. She's got your VMO. Or I your tell you what, covered. the biceps are bicepping at the moment. So. <laughs> I want her to be able to kiss these ones. What about you? What's been happening? Uh, I got to go up to the Cairns last week for uh, the Rabbitohs versus Hot. the Dragons. Uh, it actually wasn't too bad. It was very okay. mild. It was um, it was actually a really nice afternoon, but it was like up and back in the day. Uh, obviously, the game was it was a little bit of a flat game, but it was cool to. Go. I love going to regional um, venues mm. for for rugby league to go watch um, some locals turn out that don't often get to see NRL games live. So it was. Um, Good, good uh, experience to fly up there and back. I was very tired um, when I got back, but that's all right. And then on Sunday, I watched my daughter dance. She does cheerleading. My middle daughter, Peyton, she Love does that. cheerleading. So I got back uh, late Saturday so I could go to a dance on Sunday. And there's so much energy in the room at these cheer competitions. It's like the American-style cheerleading. Yes. Like they do acrobatics and flips and all that sort of stuff. But the dance routines are like super high energy. It's like a nightclub. You go in there and it's just loud, these big halls. So um, she did really well. Super proud of her to get up and do it in front of people. And uh, lots of fun, lots of music, lots of fun. Uh, Aside from that, plenty going on in the world of sport. Now, AFL, um, some big news. Uh, There's been a number of um, of retirements across uh, the last few weeks, but but huge for the West Coast Eagles. Nick Natanui uh, has announced his retirement. Uh, This is big because he's been such an important part of their team for a long time. And... uh, you know, sad to see someone hang up the boots, but he, he's done it in, in really, um, you know, good style, the way that he's announced it. Yeah, he certainly has. He has uh, called quits on his career due to a serious Achilles tendon injury. He actually was con- contracted, sorry, till 2024. Didn't play this season, only managed eight games throughout 2022. So it hasn't been the the way that he envisioned to finish his career. But he speaks about the importance of uh, his family throughout his AFL journey. You know, my dream growing up was to play football, but to provide for my family and the clubs allowed me the opportunity to do that and I thank Niz and Anna and the crew earlier for you know putting me in the right space and the right places to be able to achieve that and I guess if people ask me if I have any regrets not playing on next year or not winning a premiership I've got a steady roof over my head and that's all I could ever ask for so I'm so grateful and indebted to the footy club for, for everything they've done. What a good lad. Very well spoken and uh, very so much gratitude. Up. Yeah um, very good perspective to have on on rolling things up uh, with his career. So well done, Nick. Nick on a great career and we wish you all the best in retirement. Now moving over to sailing and in uh, the Hague in the Netherlands, the Sailing World Championships are taking place and Samoa has been represented. 
Yes, they certainly are by two sailors, Aroni Leilua and Vi Ripley, who is also a friend of the show. This is an Olympic qualifying event with sailors across the globe competing for a spot in the 2024 Paris Olympics. Now, staying on the water, the Va'a, a.k.a. Outrigger Canoe World Championships has been taking place in Samoa and Enelor Vatavai, who is of Fijian heritage, won bronze. Yes, this is a huge achievement. The V1 Va'a World Championships, as you said, France uh, managed to take home the gold when New Zealand took silver in the Open Women's V1. But well done uh, to Eleanor for collecting the bronze uh, in a world championship. It's a huge achievement. Go Fiji, go. Now over to rugby. Tonga have played Canada in a two-game series, which they have won comfortably. Their last match took place last Tuesday where they took it out 36-12. to 12. This is amazing for Tonga, who had a winless campaign in the PNC uh, in somewhat. Earlier in the month, Canada unfortunately failed to qualify for the France tournament, but nonetheless, this is um, a great deal of encouragement for the Tongan men. Yeah, very uh, very exciting for them to get those two wins leading into the World Cup, and obviously uh, they've had a pretty long preparation, I think, and, and they're, they're looking forward, obviously, to getting over there to France. It's great to get that, that kind of uh, confidence boost as you go into a World Cup, and hopefully they can continue the role with the wins. Yes, they now have some momentum, so let's hope they can keep it. Speaking of Fiji, they have hit ninth in the world rankings. This sees them bump up a place and Wales drops down one. This is an awesome, awesome achievement for Fiji. They have had a 100% winning rate throughout all of their preparation matches. However, their biggest test lies ahead when they play against France and England. So that'll be a real test of their character and a real test of their play. But nonetheless, lots to be proud of being bumped up in the world rankings. Yeah, it's a, it's a big achievement once again. And uh, I'm excited to see Fiji at the, at the World Cup. I think uh, they're going to bring, as they always do, plenty of excitement. Um, but that 100% winning record this year is, is going to serve them well, hopefully. Mate, they're going through the semifinals. You heard it here first. <laughs> now over to your sports. There are some big signing news. Yes, big signing news for the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, Tino Fasor Malawi and David Fafida have uh, extended their contracts. Well, David Fafida extended his for another three years. And Tino's actually signed a 10-year deal. So there hasn't been... 10 many, years? 10 years. That's How do you a, even know what you're going to be doing in 10 years? Well, uh, he's going to be a Titan. At, <laughs> maybe. If things don't change. But there's been a few 10-year deals. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans at the Seagulls and Jason Damalolo up at the uh, North Queensland Cowboys. He'll be only 33 when he finishes That's this. So crazy. He's still quite young. He's a very young leader at, up there at the Titans and he's been playing great, great rugby league. So uh, reward for that. And also, I guess, a bit of um, confidence in the club in the direction they're heading. They've got Des Hasler coming on board as a head coach um, who's going to be very, very good for them, I think. And uh, yeah, well done to both those players on extending. Payne Haas as well at the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, has reportedly signed a three-year extension with the club. Uh, he was signed till the end of 2024, but he had um, said to the club that he was going to test the open market at the end of this year once he was allowed to. Um, they've acted quickly to try and um, stop that from happening. Now, apparently every club in the in the game was after him, as they would be. He's, he's probably the best prop in the game. Um, and also there was interest from uh, Rugby Union as well, Western Force. The lowly Western Force were, were trying to make a play at Payne Haas, but um, he's decided to stick with the Broncos. And the way that they're playing at the moment, I think it's a really good move. Three years, he's going to get some success over the next couple of years with the team they've got. Uh, and he could, you know, take a premiership. He'll, he'll get some individual accolades as well along the way. So well done to all three of those players. Now, pl uh, players on the out, I, would, I should say. Tevita, uh, Tevita Pangai Jr. has decided to hang up the boots 
at the end of the year. He's saying bye bye to us. Saying bye bye to rugby league, and he's going to start throwing throwing fists. He's going to put some gloves on. So throwing hands for not for free though. No, not for free. Not he's for a prize free. fighter. He's going to he's going to go make some money um, fighting. So um, look, this is a bit of a surprise. He's had a, a bit of an up and down year. The ups being he got he debuted for the Blues uh, was a bit of a random selection, but one at, and done. At his best, he is a really good player. Yeah. Like he's a, he's a handful. Um, so yeah, Tavita Panga, what do you make of his uh, decision to retire, Sarah? I think it's a little bit rogue, considering that he's riding, <laughs> that he's considering that he's riding the prime of his rugby league career. But if he believes that he can make more of an impact um, in in the boxing ring, then so be it. Wish him all the best. Yeah, and this is big for the Bulldogs because they um, they've been struggling, so it's a bit easier probably to entertain other other offers. Yeah, well, they they're going to um, obviously gain some space in the salary cap. He's he's worth a lot of money in their salary cap, so there's upside in that they've got money to spend. But there's not a whole lot of high quality front rowers on the market, and he was, you know, at his best, one of the best in the game. So they're losing someone big, and they haven't yet got someone to to come in. But they've got money to spend, so we'll see what happens there. Now the the West Tigers, uh, there's been some movement there. That, we've been quiet on the West Tigers for a while because there not was, much doing. There wasn't. There's not much doing. They're sort of at the bottom of the table, holding that up. Uh, Tim Sheens has decided to. Um, to stand down at the end of the year and hand the reins over to Benji Marshall, which is 12 months ahead of when they had planned to do it. So uh, the five-year plan has taken a bit of a twist uh, and it's, um, it's, it's going to be that Benji's going to be the man taking control earlier than expected. Um, bit of a shock, I guess, because it, it, the timing's weird. They're not going to make the finals. It's not going to disrupt their season. Um, and I thought it was going to happen anyway. I thought that Benji may take over early. Um, nonetheless, uh, it's, it's sad for Sheenzy to go out, I guess, in that fashion. I don't know the nuts and bolts of what's going on behind the scenes or whether or not he's going to stay on with the club in any capacity. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's a really tough shot for the lad, but we will dig a little deeper into that and you can ask that a little bit later in the show. Staying with league, we have announced – well, not we. The NRL have announced that four teams will be heading over to my favourite place on earth, <laughs> Las Vegas. <laughs> I can't believe this. This is absolutely incredible. Very exciting. A little bit dangerous. The investigation unit at the NRL are going to be busy throughout this period. Yeah, I think it might be fly in, fly out games for, for those teams. Now, apparently, there's they're going to no be staying on and then going back via Hawaii. <laughs> no, no, none of that. Uh, but <laughs> the Broncos, uh, the Sea Eagles, the Roosters, and the Rabbitohs are the four teams. Obviously, the uh, the Sea Eagles and the Rabbitohs have got some Hollywood ties with. Uh, well, one of the owners for the Rabbitohs is Russell Crowe and then Hugh Jackman being the Wolverine. Just uh, some Hollywood stars. Yeah, they've got, they got a bit of Hollywood star power behind them. Uh, the Roosters and the Broncos are just big clubs that um, you know are, are well followed everywhere. But it's going to be a big, um, I guess, a big, what I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? A big exercise to get the teams over there and to obviously run a, um, a double header. It's going to be played at Allegiant Stadium, which is the home of the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, two weeks before the NRL heads over, there's the uh, NFL Super Bowl. So it's going to be um, lots happening in Vegas, and it's going to be a big Australia week. So, Sarah, you might be able to get on a plane over there for something. Well, if you've got space in your team, I know I can come no, over with you. I won't be going, I don't think so. <laughs> Last but not least, Pacific Championships have been announced. This is a new initiative by the NRL, and it will take place between October and November. Tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, so there's going to be um, a new international calendar uh, and it starts this year, 2023. Obviously, last, the, the next World Cup got bumped from France. France decided to, to pass on it because they weren't ready. How do you say by au revoir? 
Au revoir. Yeah. France said au revoir. To the, uh, to the World Cup or to at least hosting the NRL, the, sorry, the Rugby League World Cup. Uh, so the NRL's picked up uh, something here with uh, the 2023 Pacific Championship to take place, as you said, between October 14 and November 5th. Uh, it's going to be four weeks of games. The teams that we'll see featured throughout this tournament are Australia, New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga, PNG, Fiji, as well as the Cook Islands. This will be an exciting tournament and can't wait to see what action the Pacifica Nations bring. International football is always exciting. Last but not least, CBA. <laughs> it's finally resolved, Hala. It is finally resolved on a handshake agreement. So hopefully no one like takes your hand away last minute. But um, yes, we're talking to No players. more covering up of the logos. No more covering up logos. Players are speaking to media on game day and uh, between Thursday and Sundays. So it's good that the, the games progress forward and the CBA can get done. They've got to do some legal work now with drafting papers and stuff. That's going to be super complex. But anyway, they managed to get into like a room for 48 hours and um, just nutted out between each other and find solutions find solutions that's what we love to hear and because of that we get to chat with a player um, soon which would be Sarah Tongatuki from the uh, West Tigers it's producer Rennell here just dropping in to let you know that this interview mentions suicide if you or someone you know needs help please contact your local crisis centre you can find details in the show notes Talanoa time on can you be more pacific Yes, we're very lucky to have Sarah Tongatuki joining us today on the show. Uh, she's uh, a player with the West Tigers in the NRLW. She's, a, I don't want to say she's a veteran, but she's been around for a long time. Uh, played for the Roosters. Season campaigner. Season campaigner is probably a better way to put it. Uh, been a part of the PMs 13 in 2018, represented Samoa and also represented the Blues. Sarah, thank you for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific? Thanks, Dano, for having me and Sarah. It's an honour. I can't wait to get into it. Well, firstly, we'll, uh, we'll get you to share with our audience uh, a little bit about yourself and your background, where you're from and uh, yeah, your, your heritage. Um, so both my parents are Samoan. Um, I was very fortunate to have been born here in Australia. Um, very um, grateful to obviously being given a lot of opportunities at, um, thanks to my parents and their sacrifices, um, obviously migrating over from the islands. Um, it wasn't an easy thing to do, but... Um, a lot of that, that sort of played into why I do what I um, do and what I have done for them. Um, I've given back a lot to my parents and I still want to till um, they they leave Earthside. So, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I grew, grew up playing netball and technically um, from there I just jumped right over to um, rugby league and sort of things kicked off from there. But, yeah, I was able to buy my parents a house this year um, thanks to um, my body contract <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, that, that sort of made things a lot of sweet for me and the way I wanted to give back to them. So, yeah. What an absolute blessing to be able to repay your parents in such a way. I genuinely applaud you for that. That's beautiful, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Um, that's sweet. I just said thanks, Sarah. But, yeah. Yeah, I know. I was like, it's weird. I was just going to be like, like that. Hey, Sarah, thanks, Sarah. So. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go with Sarah. Let's just roll with that. Okay, cool. Sorry, Sarah. Um, yeah, no, honestly, I was so inspired by um, the boys at, the Penrith Panthers, um, Brian Tall and um, Critter, so Stephen Crichton. So um, I, I've only lived around, I only live around a corner from them. Um, we all grew up in housing commissions, and um, I'm not ashamed of that. Hey, I love it. I'm proud on that. Um, the struggle street, obviously, it builds your character and says a lot about you. And I've always heard about that kind of story, and that from a lot of um, legends and that that I've crossed paths with. And 
those boys, what they've done for their parents and to see the way their parents reacted. And I, I was like, oh, you know, one day I wish I could do that. Um, and I guess like it was a um, sweet opportunity once the West Tigers approached me and just when it came down to negotiating, I did have a year left with the Roosters, but I had to sort of be selfish for once for my family and myself. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to actually come to the table and try and look at um, ways I could actually use this to um, buy my, my parents a house. Because I've had it sat on the side, parked it for so long. And I was like, oh, since they bought their parents' house, I was like, oh, I wish I could do that. But it's just been parked for like two years. I was like, I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to do it. Try to save as much as I could, but it just wasn't enough. And then, yeah, I'm honestly so grateful that the opportunity, like this contract and that was actually just enough to um, get us over the line. Um, I'm in debt, but you know what? I wouldn't, I'd rather be in debt to my parents um, than to anything else. So, yeah, I love it. Um, and I hope it inspires the next poly generation to do it for their parents because I know us Islanders growing up here in Australia, and that you can, you can tend to forget about the sacrifices and the hardship that, you know, our parents and our ancestors and that did um, back at home in Ireland. And, um, you know, you get, up, you get caught up with all, like, you know, the worldly things in, in society and that, but it's nice to just hopefully um, humble them and just remind them, you know, your parents, are, at the end of the day, your parents... Um, you know, whether you're on good terms or not with them, just, you know, you just, you only get one set of parents or one set of caregiver, um, however you, you are grown up, um, uh, brought up with, but yeah, um, that's, that's a bit about me. So, yeah. Such a grounded, phenomenal person, honestly, I could listen to you speak for a very long time. You speak about your upbringing out in Western Sydney. Talk to us a little bit about that, because I know there's a bit of a movement with FTA from the area, for the area. Um, and a lot of you oh, yeah. superstars that have come out of it have been, exceptional in in the eyes of society but the way that you also give back to your area in the likes of school holiday clinics is so special tell us a little bit more about that massive um we're big on community so um with the fta um that's all driven by a couple um and you know this couple they they've got great friends um backing them and um, supporting them um and their names are it's tiana um scanlon and chris scanlon so um they're, they're very close with um bam bam um Suibasa. So um, he also helps a lot with um, some of their fundings that um, the programs and clinics that they hold over the holiday um, um, period of like school and stuff and like that. But um, the the whole mission of it really it's to um, to give back to like to our people like um, and when we say people, it's just not the Polynesian. It's just the, purely the people that have been raised in the area. Um, I think a lot of us, when you look at the eastern suburbs and that, you see all those like fancy clinics that they have, um, you know, people can afford to go to it, like the Roger, that sprint set, um, kind of like training sessions. Um, where, where we are from, like, we don't see much of that. Um, obviously, unless you get the opportunity to go to top 30 in our role, you get to sort of see, um, have a taste of it, um, that professionalism. And we just wanted to um, give that back to the young ones and give them a bit of a taste. And hopefully it can inspire them to sort of redirect them away from, you know, that whole um, gang life and stuff like that. So um, that's the whole reason why the FTA is very solid with what they do. And they, um, they try and promote a lot of programs in different ways they can sort of engage with the community. And just the, the kids say, like, um, some of them don't even have any role models, um, you know, to grow up and look up to. But um, that's the whole point of the FTA is to bring them around and just let them know that you've got a family here. Um, you don't have to try and go and try and find that bit of chaos and trouble for yourself. You can just come here and just know you've um, got family. So, yeah. 
they're certainly getting uh, some role modeling from yourself, Sarah. It's great to hear that you're a part of that and, and helping out with those clinics. And it's, it's, it's a point well made. Now, just on your own fo- football career, like tell us about, um, yeah, when you first picked up the ball and, and when you um, decided that rugby league was going to be something that you could make a go of. Um, yes, obviously everyone knows that um, I started playing netball. Um, a lot of, you know, um, Polynesian, their cultures and that, um, especially like with mine. And uh, my parents were very strict um, with me playing um, any contact sport, or just anything that was more suited just for boys and that. Um, so my dad just said no. And at the time, my dad was also serving in church. Um, so that's probably what drove him to say no. Um, just you got to come to church and help with the fiels and um, the hours is technically just you helping around doing a tea cup of tea for the elders and stuff like that just or just doing a bit of the the mats um just in a gift exchange of our like just in our culture stuff um the females are heavily involved um and if not that um yeah so I was I, look I'm grateful I was given an opportunity to play a sport um they like my dad didn't quite like rule out the no sports at all so um thanks to netball I sort of just I sort of grew on um, board of it and then I had my my older brother, he passed away um, in prison, um, committed suicide and all that. And I think uh, everyone says when, you know, they've lost someone to such a, um, you know, a way that um, you've lost them and sort of try and find a way to sort of, I don't know, um, either move forward and, you know, try and, um, I don't know, but sorry. Um, so I just sort of like play footy um, for my brother. Um, there's so much more behind it, um, I wish to not say, but... Um, just the last time I did um, visit my brother in prison, we did speak a lot about the whole footy potential um, switching over and stuff, but he, he was aware too. My parents weren't really um, supportive of that. Um, so he was just like, you know, just you're never going to know if you don't go try it out. And I was like, oh, and that's all I remember speaking with him about. Um, obviously, then when he left us, um, I, was, I was in a dark place. I was just a mess. And I was like, oh, how can I honour my brother? Like, how can I, you know? Um, so I reached out to a family friend. She started trying to um, add, to, uh, you know, into the growth of the, the women's game. And she's just voluntarily just trying to coach. And she was like, oh, looking for some players. And I reached out to her and I said, hey, I just, uh, you know, I want, to, I want to try it out. I want to learn the code. And then she ended up picking me up um, for a training session. But we had to lie to my parents and said, we're going to netball um, training session. But... My uncle, um, it, it all was smooth because my uncle was actually my manager for netball. And I told him, I, I really want to go do this um, for my brother. And he said, oh, why not then? Like, so he also covered me um, when I went to try um, rugby league. And yeah, honestly, like when I first touched the wall, I was actually a 5'8". So um, I was obviously a bit tinier, like playing netball, just so skinny and um, come over and my coach was like, oh, you could be a 5'8". And I was like, oh, sweet, sweet. Like, and I was very nervous, to be honest, my first game. I was like, freak, I just seen all these big chicks. Like, like I'm going to get smashed, hey? And, and then, like, my mate's like, you got this, you got this. I was like, yeah, sweet. So I actually wanted to get um, the first um, receive of the ball, and I was like, I want to run. And, geez, like, bro, I honestly loved it, hey. Um, just, like, literally, um, just, I don't know what you call it, tackle breaks or something. But I did break a few, and I was like, I, I, I think I'm going to stick with footy and – um, my team we ended up going to a grand final and man I was in my mum's um, Sunday school class um, in that same year so my mum had me um, we have a thing called like white Sunday um, I know a lot of islanders would know this but um, everyone's different with the timings of it um, I know Tongans and like Fijians everyone has it but 
my mom, she literally um, put me as her main role. And when our grand final, the day we had grand final, which was on a Sunday, it had oh, to be mate. on the same day that play was delivered. And it was a, do I go, do I go perform for my mom and not get a hiding? Or do I go play this grand final and just have a taste of what it's like? And I actually went to the grand final and my mom and I were looking for me. And I came to the game and I was like, literally just, oh yeah, I got a hiding after. You know what, didn't help. We lost the grand final. <laughs> You're probably thinking I should have just played Mary. <laughs> yeah. You know how like you see players like when they like get down after a game and they like give all the praises yeah. to Jesus and that. I thought I'll just, just try and get down and just do a bit of the same. And my mom might just think I'm, you know, just also thinking about Christ playing um, footy. But now nah, I was like, I literally looked over my shoulder and she's just waiting for me to give me a hiding. I walked off the field and my dad was like yelling, get me out of the sheds. I was like, everyone's having a shower, just trying to get back into like, you know, uniform and that just to go back home. My dad was like, nah, grab me out of the sheds. He grabbed me, dragged me. And I was like, oh yeah, I've got a hiding. But look, yeah, there are lessons and, I just laugh at it. Hey, oh, I haven't actually told many of this, but yeah, it's a bit of shame. Got it. Got it. Don't want to tell people you're hiding, but yeah. Look, it's not child abuse. It's just the way us islanders were brought up. Um, you get taught the hard way. So, um, yeah. Oh, well. For those joining us, we are chatting to Sarah Tonga Tuki, and you are listening to Can You Be More Pacific on Radio Australia and ABC Sport Digital. Fast forward now to your career. You are playing for the West Tigers. How are you finding it? Um, and how is the team going? Honestly, I love my team. I love the club, um, what they what they stand for. Um, we've got um, the manager that overlooks us, Betsy. Um, he's honestly like the big daddy for us. Like, um, which for us to know that he actually looked after the cricket show and got things in place for them before he left to take on this role with us. Um, it's a huge honor. Like, um, he's cool as he's very professional, but he also knows when to turn it off and on, um, stuff like that. I think that's what helps us be more like ourselves. Um, everyone, when I grew up in some teams, and I, I felt like um, there was just a war there. Like it was just because it was just like, oh, you know, you have to be on your best and that for here and there. Um, but to be able to come over Tigers, it's been a pretty cool experience. Um, obviously, we had two from two in the start, but we haven't been able to get the results the last couple of weeks. But we're just so close to it. Um, just obviously, it comes down to execution, discipline. But we're working, we're working very hard, and we did train last night. And, it was, it was a really nice session. Um, things went really well for us. But, yeah, I'm, I'm loving out the Tigers, to be honest. I uh, haven't been – I've literally, since coming over, I've found my spark in love with footy again. So, yeah, that's how much I'm loving it. Oh, that's great to hear. And those two losses that you did have, they're only close losses anyway. So, you're obviously mm. competing really hard. you got the Dragons this week. What are you expecting from them? Um, obviously, they've got very quality halves. Um, I wouldn't underestimate the players across the park. Um Tegan Berry at their fullback, she's been awesome for them. Um, I know how much she's wanted to be involved with um, four. Um, um, she hasn't been getting much of that, obviously, when you play wing, um, but she's been dominating it for them. And I know Ray, um, she's got an awesome kicking game and she's very good at directing. Um, if we can sort of, we're just sort of like aiming to sort of just, if we can spot those players and try and limit them um, and, you know, to play their, um, to what they know how to play, um, think we'd have a good chance against the Dragons but yeah their middle pack solid too um I know it's a young pack but they're just you know we've played against them a couple of them in different teams in Harvey but yeah they're, they're very solid so it'll be a tough battle um but I know that Noddy our coach he's just encouraged us to stick to our principles 
um, and just don't go away from that. So, yeah, hopefully it'll be a good game for the fans as well. No doubt it will be. Before we let you go, you are such an incredible role model within um, our community, but I just think within the general sporting landscape. Do you have any advice for any up-and-coming athletes? I do, Ashley. Um, I'd say start um, things young. Try and seek out to your idols, mate, if you can. If not, um, obviously everyone's got that uncle or auntie playing at the moment. Um, like just reach out to them, just ask them little questions. You know, I think nutrition's a big thing for a lot of our young players. Obviously, um, obesity is a big thing with us pollies. Um, if you can see the ship um, a bit for these young ones, they never have a better chance of having a foot um, in front of, in, in the door um, with, you know, um, making reps teams and stuff like that um but yeah that's one of my biggest goals is to actually host an academy i'm in the west um where i can bring a couple of mates down similar to what fta do um i want to be able to teach these girls well-being all the little fundamentals that us players get access inside our clubs and that i want to expose that to the young ones and that so then obviously we don't know what they're all going through everyone's got different ways of being brought up and that but if we can help them just a little bit by just um, educating them you know um just little stuff like that, I think it'd help them, you know, um, have a better chance of just actually staying engaged with footy in general rather than, you know, going to the party life and stuff like that because that's so easy to sort of um, get driven into. So, um, yeah, I just honestly be yourself um, and just give everything. When you get that opportunity, take it with both hands. Literally, like, you are your own person. You control what happens in your environment and what your future is going to be looking like. So, um, yeah, don't don't dictate things on your relationships with other um, teammates. And I think you are, like, honestly, a superstar yourself. If you get a call up, um, just, yeah, like I said, take it off both hands. It's really good advice, Sarah. You actually you make a, a go as a life coach. You've got some really good philosophies on. I'll sign up. On, on how I'll be your first, first and, uh, oh, no. <laughs> That's really, no, no. It's a really good way for us to, to sign off. Before we do let you go, but we'd like to play a game with our guest called Tip On. It's just 60 seconds of rapid fire questions. Are you ready to play? Man, yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen. All right. The clock, is, the clock is on. What have you been binging? Oh, McDonald's. <laughs> what is your coffee order? Uh, two. I've got a soy flat white or a caramel latte. Who is your most annoying teammate? Oh, nah, she's, she's funny, but Ebony Pryor, because she's like the tiniest one yet. Yep, yep. Sorry, 60 seconds. <laughs> who, is <your> sporting, <laughs> who is your sporting hero? Oh, I say Cafe Freeman. What would be your wrestler entrance song? Oh my gosh, okay. Um, you can pass yeah, if you want. Yeah, by um, Chris Brown. Okay. Chris Brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is your favourite movie as a kid? Oh, Blindside. Who on your team is always on their phone? No, I don't think um, – we've got a policy. We're not allowed phones in that, so – Good policy. In the HQ. Yeah. Do you have a hidden talent? Yeah, I can dance. I actually used to be in a dance crew. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Last question, what was your first concert? Oh, I just went to one. Jeez, I think I'm concussed. Don't say that. Um, no, no. Hello, works <laughs> in that unit at the NRL. Any, any doctor, any bucket of that. Um, <laughs> can I sort of answer that? I just passed 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah, say it. Say what's your last concert. I don't even know what it was. To be honest, yeah, I'll probably pass. Sorry. That's all right. We'll wrap it up there. Sarah, thank you very so, much. Sorry. Oh, my no, God. No, no, that's don't all right. Stress. It's just a, It's just a game. Sarah, thanks very much no, for joining good us. Good questions. No, thanks for having me. <laughs>
If you or someone you know needs help, there is support available. In Fiji, you can call the Fiji Lifeline on 13 24 54. PNG's helpline is available 24-7, toll-free on 7150-8000. In Australia, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Elsewhere, see a health professional at a local clinic or hospital. Please see the show notes for details. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? This week for You Can Ask That, we move away from a play perspective and touch a little bit more on coaches. Now, as we know, Tim Sheens, he has asked for an early release from the West Tigers. He was meant to be on for two years and he's asking to leave a little bit earlier. So it begs the question from Kiralee in, Banks, in Bankstown, how long does it take for a new coach to have an impact on a team? Now, I feel like, Holly, you can speak to this extremely well. One, because you've experienced many coaches throughout your time. You know Tim Sheens and you've also been a player at the West Tigers. Uh, yes, look, it's, it's a tough one because um, he's sort of been in and out of the system. Like he coached, obviously I had him as a coach when I was younger. So he coached in the NRL for a long, long time, went to England, coached over there. Then he's come back and he was like in an administrative sort of um, director type role at the West Tigers. And then when they let go of Michael Maguire last year, Sheenzy jumped straight in and took the reins. And then they had this coaching succession plan with Benji Marshall to take over after Sheenzy had two years with the team. Now, a year in, uh, they've had a wooden spoon last year, um, albeit the, their coach was sacked mid-season. Uh, they look like that they could be headed towards another one this year and, and Sheenzy has decided to hand the reins over early. Obviously, the clubs agreed to it and um, they've come out and said that the idea was floated by Sheenzy and that they're going to run with it. And the, the results haven't showed up for the Tigers this year. They've had some games where they've played well and they've had some really good efforts. They've been able to unearth some young players. So if you're going to talk about impact, I guess you've you got to look at, well, what's he been able to do in his time? Yes, the, the, the team hasn't won and hasn't had the success in terms of um, moving up the ladder, but they've been able to, to blood some young players and bring through some juniors, some local talent as well. So as a coach, you want to say that you have an impact on the pathway system that you have at your club and on actually developing players and talent through what you deliver um, in, in your systems. And if getting players like Jareen Buller to, to, to play first grade uh, for North Bolle to get their first grade games uh, going and play some good football, then you'd say that there's some success there and he's had some impact. But um, I think often you get coaches in and you think that the change is going to happen immediately. I think you've got to be able to to take some time with it. Cameron Serralda is an example at the Bulldogs at the moment. He came with a really, with really high regard. He had some success as an assistant coach um, over at Penrith. Um, everyone was chasing him apparently. The Bulldogs are able to snare him because of the connection with Gus Gould. He gets over there and they're, they're, they're travelling not too great this year. They're, they're second last and they haven't had a great season, although they've been fairly hampered by injury. I, I think the impact sometimes can be immediate because it's fresh and new and someone comes in and changes things straight away and everyone feels renewed and they have a good stretch of playing good games. But I think, um, I think you've got to have a bit of patience with coaches. And if the long-term plan is three, four years to actually have some sustained success on the field, then I think that's where the impact starts to come. Have you had experience with a, a first-time coach, Sarah? Yes, I have. I'm in a number of teams, but I think the one that comes to mind is, is Sydney University. You, you tend to turn over coaches at least two years and then – some 
men's grade will say, come over and like, oh yeah, I want that because I want to be an international coach one day. No shade. But what I'm <laughs> saying is that it does, it is a bit of a slow burn. I think the biggest thing, um, particularly for women when it comes to coaches is having some sort of emotional connection to him or her. Um, that can take forever to build. Some girls, some girls will take to the new coach really well. Some just won't. And yeah. I think that's just the reality of sport. How long it takes for them to have an impact really does depend on how much they have a grasp on their locker room, I think. And sometimes they can have principles that don't necessarily align with the team where the majority may think, oh, I think you're you're on the right track. So they'll get behind him. And then others just may not necessarily buy into it. And that does hinder or slow down the impact that a coach may have. But it's really important um, to highlight that any kind of coaching position is incredibly hard. And we, are, we do live in an industry where it's all driven on results. And at the end of the day, whether you have wins or losses really does define how successful you are. But as you highlighted, there are so many other things that happen outside of the game day, outside of the scoreboard um, that can leave the club in a better or worse position. So again, for me, I think the biggest thing is how long it takes really does depend on the emotional connection that they have with the group and how much of a grasp they have on their own locker room. Yeah, it's a good point. And, and there's a couple of examples this year of, uh, well, an example this year of a, a coach or a first-time coach that's doing really well. That's Andrew Webster at the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors are playing. Up the Waz. The Waz are playing so good. They're, they're looking at a top four finish. Now, I think he came into the club at a really good time. Not to say that his coaching hasn't and his connection that he's obviously generated with the group um, hasn't been great. But um, they, they were a squad that had a little bit of success over the last few years and they weren't far off. Um, they, they just needed the right guidance and he's obviously the right man to do that. Des Hazler, when I was at the Dogs back in 2012, he came over, we, we got rid of our coach, we sacked our coach the year prior to that. Desi came over the first year we made the GF. Now, there was ingredients there and we only finished, I think, just outside the eight in 2011. So there wasn't as if we were at the bottom and we needed to complete rebuild. We, we were not far off. And, and those two guys, I think, sort of come into squads where they were just about to hit it and he managed to, they've managed to, to pull it all together and have the right ingredients. So really good question from Kira Lee. Yes. Speaking of, if you have any questions, please feel free to hit us up on Instagram. My handle is at Sarah and This bloke's is at Dean Halatow. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? Oh, my God. Woo! You're with Sarah and Dean talking all things sport across the Pacific. Stick around, we'll spotlight our favourite socials and then we'll take a look at what's on the sporting calendar this week. Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. Sarah, keeping it social this week. What have you found in your searches through the internet? Does my, that, that doesn't make my sense. My searches through the, through the internet. Through the internet. Carry on. My browsing through Instagram may be better. <laughs> <laughs> but my one this week comes from Optus Sport that had a collaboration post with the Matildas. FIFA World Cup. Oh, can we say that? Yeah. The Matildas have been on absolute fire. They had their semi-final last night. Unfortunately, they lost, but their one goal they slotted is one for the ages. But Russo has her pocket picked. And here's Sam Kerr. She's going to need some support. Kerr running at Bright. Kerr with the shot. Oh, I say that's incredible. And the single fist up in the air for Sam Kerr. What a moment. What a star. Her first game back. Back in the captain's armband. And look at this. 
troubles. That is a phenomenal finish in the biggest moments. Well done, Sam Kerr. The commentary is fabulous. I was able to watch that moment live as it happened on telly last night and she's just... Oh, she's world class. And the crowd. Yeah. You just feel it and you can hear it. It's amazing. Goosebumps hearing it again like through through the um, I love the Tillies if I haven't said it yet. <laughs> but what about the commentator? He's, he said uh, she's gonna need help, but she doesn't need help. She just lines it up herself and it was a, a wicked shot. So unfortunate for the Matildas, uh, the result at the end, but just to see a bit of her class there and why she's the best in the world. Honestly, she's incredible. So that had to be my social for this week. What did you find, Hala? Mine's a little bit less exciting than that. Well, there's not much that can match that in terms of excitement. But um, obviously the, the Wallabies are preparing for the World Cup in France. They spent some time up in Arnhem Land, which was uh, an opportunity for them, um, I guess, to get some cultural experience, but to connect as well as a group before they do head off. And uh, one of the things that we got to see was Rob Leota. And this is on the Pig Athletic um, Instagram page. And they've got a nice picture on the front hole. It's, um, it looks like he's wearing like the... Um, uh, a crocodile Dundee sort of kit, like he's like a bush, bushman. <laughs> Carry on. It's like a, a cartoon of a caricature of um, of Rob. But yeah, it's just of him shaking a leg uh, around the, the campfire, which I think is pretty cool. Just showing his style. A bit of a mix up, mix mash of some indigenous style with with his own uh, his own gritty, I guess you'd call it. Ah, uh, Rob Leota. He's one of the big characters on that team. Yeah, I've seen, I actually seen another picture. Someone sent me from. Um, uh, up there in Arnhem Land, and there's like a crocodile just sitting at the shore of where yes, they're staying. and the boys are just baiting it. Yeah, I'm like, uh, get away from that. <laughs> they're not scared. Nah, maybe the the wallabies need a little bit of a shock or something, you know, to send them on their way to France so they can just play their best rugby ever. ABC Radio Australia, can you be more Pacific? So much to look forward to this weekend, and the first being the FIFA Women's World Cup. It continues. Yes, it does continue. I thought the first would be your final. The first would be my final. Yeah, you're playing a final this week. Not looking forward to that? I am. Admittedly, I just didn't see it in the run sheet. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the Women's World Cup before we jump into my final. Yes, well, the Women's World Cup is continuing. Spain will take on England uh, in the final. It's the first time both teams have been there in a Women's World Cup. And then the Matildas will be taking on Sweden in a fight for third place. So that will take place on Saturday. The final is on Sunday. Uh, the Third place game is up in Brisbane and the final is at um, Homebush. Up the Tillies. Go the Tillies. They can finish in third place. I fully believe it. But addressing the final, yes, I am playing on Saturday. Sydney University take on Eastern Suburbs. We're playing at North Sydney Oval. For anyone that's based in Sydney for the best game of women's rugby, head down, 10.30 a.m. Tickets are $10. Doesn't get any cheaper than that. And it doesn't get any more woeful than a 10.30 kickoff for a grand final fixture. But grateful, up the students. What um what number title are you going for here with Sydney Uni? You've you've won a, you've won a stack, haven't you? I believe I have won four premierships. So this is for premiership number five with Sydney Uni. This would be premiership number five, I think, at least at least five. Um, but it's going to be exciting. I'm ex- I'm excited. Last time we lost, I got a tattoo, so I don't know what could happen <laughs> if we lose again. <laughs> Only time will tell. What was the tattoo? A lion. A lion. And Wesley, my big brother, says it looks like a lamb. <laughs> He's rude. So we don't talk about the silk tails on this show. It's <laughs> nasty, Wesley. Go uni. So, thank you, Hala. Over to volleyball. The Vanuatu Beach Volley team are in Chinese Taipei this week for the ABC Beach Tour. 
This will take place between the 17th and the 20th. Super exciting. Yeah, very exciting. The last time uh, it was held in, in 2019 uh, in the women's, uh, Mila Pata and Sharon Toko were able to take home the title. So hopefully uh, the Vanuatu team can get some similar success uh, this year. Yes, we'll be rooting for them. Now, with Rugby World Cup only, I think, like 24 days away, there are still some warm-up matches left in the tank. Samoa will take on the Barbarians on Saturday, and France will take on Fiji on Sunday. Fiji have been an instant hit in France. They had uh, people, a whole bunch of people, actually show out to their open training day in France. So they are not lacking in support. It's going to take a lot to come up against a formidable French side, but I'm looking forward to this fixture. Would you say that Fiji is everyone's second favourite? They're favorite, the sweethearts of the world. Second favourite like team to support like behind someone's own country because wherever they go, there seems to be just like a whole heap of people that get behind them. I think that's a, a very valid comment to make. I believe it's because Fijian people are just so loud and vibrant and they want everyone around them to be celebrating win or lose and that just draws in the majority. Nice, Sarah. Now over to NRLW and we move into round five. The Titans will be taking on the Roosters this Saturday. I'm looking forward to this one because both teams have had great seasons so far. The Roosters are like the heavyweights of the competition. Everyone is backing them to take the title. But the Titans uh, have turned a corner this season. They've had a couple of rough years to kick things off. But this year, um, they're, they're proving like they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. So that won't be on the Gold Coast this weekend. So looking forward to that one. And then the Knights taking on the Broncos on Sunday in Newcastle, which we will be covering on ABC Grandstand. Uh, again, the Knights uh, are having a, a pretty decent season. The Broncos under Scott Prince, one of my old teammates. Uh, they're doing not too bad this year as well. So I'm looking forward to that game on Sunday. What I think will be a tight contest. Round 25 of the NRL is taking place this week. Warriors up against Manly at Mount Smart on Friday is sold out um, already. Fully. Fully sold out. It is special. Um, the Warriors are just gathering so much momentum across the ditch. And if they get a home semifinal, which I think they will, it's going to be very hard to beat them over there. Manly struggling. Manly probably... Won't put up much of a fight, I would say. So I think the Warriors can can put a big scoreline up. Eels versus the Roosters on Friday also. Two teams desperate to try and um, stamp a claim and to get into the eight and to, to push towards finals. I don't think um, either team's going to be there in September. Weird. Um, so it's going to be a desperate game. I'm going to see a desperate game. And then on Sunday to round things out, the Knights taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Big one for the Knights because they are tracking along very nicely. They're a surprise packet team for the year alongside the Warriors. I would say, and the bunny season's on life support. So a lot of desperation as we move into the last few rounds of the season. Uh, looking forward to those matches. Now, don't forget, you can catch Andrew Moore and the Grandstand Rugby League team calling all the games on Radio Australia. Unfortunately, that brings us to the end of the show, but we will be back same time, same place next week. Don't forget, you can find all our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcast. That's all the care. Love there. Can you be more Pacific? An ABC sport production... For ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.